It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard to the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Dennis uh, and uh, Brady Beaton, and uh, we'll bring uh, Matt Graham in on the program today and kind of take a shift. With everything shut down and uh, not uh, any high school sports to talk about, at, at least for another week, uh, maybe more, I hope not, uh, we'll talk a little Prowlers hockey because there is actually news mm-hmm. going on in the uh, FPHL. Well, there's always news. In, there, FPHL. There's always news that. in the Fed, it seems like. There's always going to be something to talk about. Yeah. So, for better or for worse, <laughs> it stays in the news cycle. We'll, uh, we'll have some fun with that, I am sure, and we'll get it all uh, rolling. Short intro today. We'll get it all rolling in just a second. Tri-County Equipment is your local John Deere dealer. With 10 locations in southeastern Michigan, Tri-County Equipment can help you get the equipment you need. From tractors to ATVs, from snowblowers to used equipment, Tri-County Equipment is your one-stop shop. Right now, Tri-County Equipment is offering free home delivery on select John Deere models. For a full list, visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Tri-County Equipment with 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, Replace them with Anderson windows with low-E glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady Bean here for TP Logos in Marysville. Located across from Walt Braun Viking Stadium, TP Logos has the area's largest selection of in-stock school spirit wear, corporate wear, and construction company gear. They do custom embroidery, custom screen printing, and are the fastest growing uniform sublimation company in Michigan. Visit tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including things like Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. They're open weekdays 8.30 to 4.30 or by appointment. Don't wait weeks for your gear. You'll get it in days with TP Logos. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. 
Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. DuraClean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call DuraClean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. DuraClean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Since 1923, Mama Vicky's has been Port Huron's original Coney Island with two convenient locations to serve you. Mama Vicky's Downtown is open Monday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mama Vicky's North End is open Sunday through Thursday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Fridays and Saturdays they stay open till 8 p.m. With delicious Coney dogs for only a buck 59, you can make every day a Coney day. That's right, Coney's for just a dollar 59. Mama Vicky's, a port here on Original since 1923. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you are back with uh, Dennis Brady and Matt Graham joining us on the uh, program today as uh, we'll, we'll get into my favorite topic, hockey. Yeah, finally hockey season. We were, what, two days away before we got cut off at the knees? Oh, it felt like we were less than that because I was really getting excited. We were going to do like three games. Well, we were starting throw with in, Northern throw Catholic in the Central. football game, yeah. and, and we were like, it was like four or five days in a row. We were working, doing stuff, and most of it was hockey. Yes. Yeah, we were going to start on that Wednesday, and, well, it does feel weird. It's uh, w- was waiting for some Prowlers hockey. Usually after Thanksgiving is when I really start to get in the hockey mood even though it starts before then, but after Thanksgiving is when you really start to get into it, and it felt weird this year not having it. It did uh, indeed. Probably felt pretty weird for for you, uh, uh, Matt, uh, because training camp – well, actually, there, there's camps before that, and I know that you, you're involved in that, um, where you, there's usually like a, a, the one where you bring the guys in Free agent camp. Free agent camp where where, where you're looking for guys to fill out the roster for training camp. Um, And every once in a while, you find a a diamond in the rough there. You find a guy you weren't expecting who actually makes your team um, and maybe isn't an impact guy at first, but guys like Nathan Robson kind of – that's the way they found him, and he kind of came around. Uh, Federley, just a local guy in town. Nobody knew he was going to score 20-something goals all of a sudden last year, right. but it took a couple of years for him to a find a spot to play on the team and, and get some ice time and get a role. And then, you know, you started to, to see it like around year three with him and then bang year four, you had yourself a, a guy that was in your top five in scoring. Right. And I think, uh, just to speak on federally a little more, I mean, I think it was just an adjustment of him trying to, uh, figure out the lay of the land kind of, you know, figure out how he can be as evasive as he needs to be at this level. So he's not taking as much contact, uh, adjusting to the game speed. Um, and then, I mean, like even to build off that point, I mean, last year, I think we invited, uh, Haytham Lloyd from uh, free agent camp. And then, uh, also, uh, Alex Strack, who became uh, a pretty solid defender for us too, as well. But then we ended up having to deal him later on, but. 
How weird has it been this year for you, not doing, going through the routine since it seems like every winter you've probably been doing this for I don't know how many years. So, yeah, how, how weird has it been not really being on the ice as much as you usually have been? You know, I've, I, in the past I've taken, you know, a couple weeks off or a month or two off in the summer, and, you know, you step back on the ice and it's just miserable. It's like, oh, man, I forgot how to do this. And then, you know, it comes back a month or two later. This year, it's been a long off season in the weight room. Uh, I'm tired of working out because you know once the season starts, it's like okay, that scales back a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's definitely different. Uh, I guess this is what it would feel like to retire from hockey, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think you'll find a lot of guys probably like oh like you know either itching to get back uh, really bad or a couple guys maybe being like ah like I don't know if I want to play anymore. You know, I'm kind of enjoying this. Like realistically though, when when we get this thing going, how long is it actually going? to take because my feeling on this is the league's going to want to start and get it going as quickly as they can they, they don't want to go okay we're cleared to play we'll take a month and have training camp and then we'll start our season it's not going to happen that way so like we're going to be a couple weeks in the season and it's still going to guys are still going to be trying to find their game I don't know I mean I think a lot of these teams like I, I know we have ice here at McMoran we can't use it right now um, but a lot of these guys are skating back home. A lot of these teams are going to bring in players. I, I think it'll be the same process, essentially. It'll start just like a regular season. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, chemistry and stuff like that might not be there at the get-go. Uh, but shortly after that, guys will be finding their legs and stuff, maybe a week or two, just like regular any other season. I think we're, uh, we're going to be set to open training camp probably like 10 days before the start of the season. Um, so as soon as, they or as soon as they lift that tentative tag from the, uh, the start date of January 15th, uh, we'll be we'll, we'll we'll start gearing up for it. Is it harder to get uh, your legs back and your lungs or your timing? Uh, I think you know it, it's it's the little things. It's uh, the fundamentals, like uh, you know your your touches on the puck, uh, your hands, stuff like that. I mean, the legs come back just with skating. Um, you know, my lungs, like it, it'll take a weekend or two with that. But my biggest thing is like timing shots. Uh, hands and stuff like that. Like it, it, it just doesn't. You expect yourself to be able to put the puck where you want, uh, like midseason form and stuff. And at the beginning of the year, it's just it, it doesn't always go your way, which is the most frustrating part, I think. Well, you're bringing back essentially the team you ended last year with. Uh, a lot of good players, and there's going to be some tough decisions to be made. But how much easier does it make for you as you know, part coach, knowing that you have the same guys and it's almost just going to be a continuation from last year and you don't really have to adapt anyone new into a system. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's at, at the end of the season, I think last year when we got cut short, uh, we had a couple guys coming back. Uh, we had uh, a couple guys that we had just signed. It's going to be relatively the same thing this year, I think, in the sense that you're going to have – we've signed a couple new guys. We made a couple mm -hmm. of trades. We have Devaney coming in. We have uh, Mike Moran, who we signed. Um, you're going to have to integrate those guys as well. So it's going to be very competitive. Um, there are going to be decisions that have to be made, uh, same as any other year, same as like what was going on at the end of the year last year. Um, so I think, you know, it's just evaluating those players and seeing how they've spent their off season, I guess. It's a good problem to have though. When, when you're talking about letting guys go that, you know, would be top players for some teams in the league. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that's something that uh, that happens every year, right? I mean, uh, everyone brings their guys in at training camp, and then uh, you know, as soon as guys get cut, guys that can play in the league, uh, there's nowhere to filter down after that, and they start calling teams around and stuff. And uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, it's better to have too many players than not enough for sure. 
Absolutely. Well, yeah, with the SB, I mean, there's what, three teams that said they're not going to have a season at all this year? I believe. I know there's a. I don't few. know how many they're playing with. I know there's a few that just said, we're not having a team this year for financial reasons. So, with that going on, that filters down the SB. So, there's less roster spots there, which in turn, those guys are now coming down to the Fed. Those are more guys. Like, you got a guy back from the SB, Alex Johnson, who played all of last year in the SB. He's going to be here start of training camp. That's a guy that you don't expect to have comes back here. That takes a roster spot away from a really good player. And across the league, there's what? There's going to be seven teams that play this year in the Fed. That consolidates the talent even further. There's going to be some good hockey if and when it ever gets started. It'll it'll probably be the best hockey this league's seen in a long time. Uh, might even be ever. Uh, you have the ECHL. There's a whole division taking off. So, I mean, that consolidates the players down to uh, the SP, and then that leaves that many guys without jobs. So, I mean, if you think that four teams in the East Coast aren't playing, that's, let's say, 15 guys per team. So, what, 60 guys? Uh, 60 guys lose jobs in the in the SP now, and now all of a sudden 60 to 120 probably lose jobs in the Fed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – it, plus, plus the fact that there aren't going to be as many teams this season um, as, as you had last year. So that's even less places to fill those jobs. Right, exactly. I mean, I think that uh, you've seen that already in the sense that, like, we've had dispersal drafts and, you know, uh, loan drafts in the sense of Delaware where we get those players on loan for a year and then they, the rights revert back. Um, yeah, there's going to be less jobs, and it's it's going to be interesting for sure. Well, it's just the quality. Like, you're going to have guys that were probably a top line or top two line guys that are going to have to be a depth role guy if they want to find a spot on teams this year. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – you'll see Danbury, for example, they've already even signed ECHL guys and I think guy with AHL games and stuff. Um, so you'll see a couple of guys like that in this league this year. The uh, the ownership and the uh, the Board of Governors have put in rules this year um, to specifically address that issue so teams don't load up with SP and East Coast guys. Uh, there's now a point system assigned to uh, each each player or each level or the highest level you've played at. And I think like the NHL is like five points. You can have one of those guys. The AHL's four points. You can have two of those guys. <clears throat> I don't think there's a limit on East Coast guys, but, like, I think the point limit's, like, 25. So, I mean, you have to go in and tactically build your roster, right? So, I mean, like, SP guys, if you've played more than 30 games in that league, you're two points. If you've played less than 30 or 10 to 30, I think it's one point. Uh, and even FPHL All-Stars are one point as well. So, I mean, There's All-Stars in the FPHL? Yeah, I mean, like, the end of the season, like, the, yeah. the, the awards. Yeah. I voted for – for some guys. Well, like, I know there's awards, but, yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay. It's not like an all-star team or right. all-star game or anything like that. It's just the SP does the same thing. They have league end, uh, league end or ending awards mm -hmm. uh, where they name, like, an all-forward team. So, oh, so all basically, okay, so if you were forward of the year. Essentially, defense, yeah. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Do you like that as, a, as someone who builds a team and kind of has to work on the roster management side? Do you like that? Or do you kind of like, would you rather have it be free reign, the strong survive if you can get your guys, you can get your guys, don't limit me. I mean, that's baseball, right? That's professional baseball mm -hmm. right there. The New York Yankees have the most money to spend there in New York City. Uh, they can they can be the Yankees every year, and you know they're going to be competing for a World Series. Uh, it allows competitive balance in the sense that, you know, like now the Kansas City Royals can come out and win a World Series. Uh, they can be competitive. I, I, I think that being in Port Huron, uh, where we're at, I think you have to have that in the sense of competitive balance, because we're not Columbus, Georgia. You know, we don't have uh, five-star housing for all the guys where everyone gets their own room. Uh, we're not going to be providing the guys with, you know, 
jobs in the pro shop where they can go in there and check in and then leave and get paid $20 an hour for eight hours. You know, we, we don't have stuff like that that we can provide that they can provide. And, like, it's the same thing in Danbury. You know, I mean, they're an hour and a half outside of New York City. And uh, there, there's ways to circumvent the cap that other teams use that we can't use because of the microscope we're under and our location. I, I well, I mean, to, you know. How I used hard to laugh, Brady, the, 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 the meetings where um, the, the, the smaller teams would complain that the bigger teams were cheating on the salary cap and the Frankies in Fort Wayne would say, no, 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 it's not a cap. There's salary guidelines, right. salary guidelines <laughs> to try and make it, well, yeah. I guess, in his own mind, seem like he wasn't cheating. Well, I mean, no one can regulate an envelope that's left in a locker. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, you know, it, just to go along with that, you know, I mean, like it, it, to speak to that as, as well, like Danville would probably have the hardest time fielding a, mm-hmm. a competitive team where they're trying to get guys and lure guys in from the East Coast or the SP. But when I played in Europe, uh, your paychecks, we got paid once a month. You would go into the owner and coach's office after practice, like, um, it was supposed to be the first of the month, but it would always linger until the 13th or the 16th until he was a month behind. But you'd go in the office in there, and there would be a table in there, and there would be stacks and stacks of cash. And he would go, how much do you make? Oh, yeah, that's right. And he'd count out cash, and he'd give it to you, and then you'd just walk out with an envelope. And you'd go back to the locker room, and that was it, once a month. And uh, it was always a negotiation, too. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I came over here for this. I didn't come over here to talk about what I get every month, you know? But... Gee, uh, minor league hockey is amazing. You, you gotta love it. There's, it's, it's unlike anything else. I'll say that. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it, you get a lot of life experience here for sure. I've said for, <laughs> how long have I said that if you just got like a professional camera crew to follow this league around for a year, you would make hand over fist. I think it's a great idea, but I think it would also put the league out of business. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, ethical issues that would go into uh, that would go into the limelight there. There'd be a lot of editing. Yes. Because yeah. all the stuff that you want to show is the stuff like if you care about the guys that play in this league, that's the stuff you can't show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you would ruin people, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it'd People be... would be like unhirable after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be good TV, though. Because there, there is the, the one about the, the league up in Quebec, um, especially when it was really, really bad, and it was all about the fighting. That They actually play some hockey now up there and, and get some, some good players, but about the guys that are actually living at the rank. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean well, – uh, in, when I was in Slovakia, I lived in the arena. They had apartments attached to the arena, but they uh, it was like a hotel for like uh, traveling workers that were there to work on like the railroads or like the power lines and stuff, and that's where they housed some of the players because they had a good deal on it. So, Jeez. <laughs> like when, peop- when I would tell people last year when I work, I'm like, no, it's slap shot, but in real life. Yeah. Like it's, it's a combination of that and semi-pro in real life. It is the FHL, you know. Yes. I mean, it's in the slap shot, it was the FHL here. It is the FHL. I mean, it's uh it's 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 a way to provide uh small markets or markets that wouldn't otherwise have hockey uh, mm-hmm. of this caliber uh some form of entertainment, you know. I mean, it's uh it, we're not a big market, so I mean, you know, we can come here and we can provide the uh, the fans from around the area and the surrounding areas uh, an opportunity to come out and watch uh, a good competitive sport, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, well and, and Slapshot is very realistic, and not just the FHL, but every league is like that. Every league I've ever been in, and I've been in the Colonial League, the United League, 
the International League, the Western Professional Hockey League, uh, the Central Hockey League. Uh, I was in the American Hockey League. It shouldn't have been like that, and it wasn't anywhere else, but it sure was where I was in Louisville. (laughs) (laughs) That's why that's not a team anymore. That's why they lasted two years and were out of – we're out of it, and they were getting their guys from the Florida Panthers. Jeez. Those guys must have been miserable then. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Gallant was our assistant coach. so uh, He's, think, doing, he's think, doing well for think, himself Think now. where he went from, from that situation. Right. It was a bad situation. He knew he didn't want to be there, so he was like, I'm going to do anything <laughs> I can to not do this again. Yep. So, Anyways, you want to take a break yeah, here? And then let's we'll, take a break, uh, we'll and then we'll continue. ramble on more. Okay, we'll do that. Matt Graham is our uh, guest, uh, kind of uh, sidestepping today, and uh, we're talking some uh, minor league pro hockey. Tri-County Equipment is your local John Deere dealer. With 10 locations in southeastern Michigan, Tri-County Equipment can help you get the equipment you need. From tractors to ATVs, from snowblowers to used equipment, Tri-County Equipment is your one-stop shop. Right now, Tri-County Equipment is offering free home delivery on select John Deere models. For a full list, visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Tri-County Equipment with 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 850-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. The City of Marysville continues to strive to be a great place to visit, a better place to live, and a great place to open a business. Go to our City of Marysville webpage at cityofmarysvillemi.com to find employment opportunities, business assistance, learn about our outstanding Marysville public school system, or just book a round of golf at Marysville Golf Course. Marysville, a great place to visit, a better place to live, and a great place to open a business. And remember, the sun always shines in Marysville. 
Precision Care has been locally owned and operated in Marine City and has served the Blue Water community for over 25 years. Precision Care is the leading property and landscape contractor in St. Clair County. Always looking to hire the best people? Check out their website at precisioncarellc.com. Click on the Application for Employment tab and send in your resume today. Precision Care is a proud supporter of local athletics at all levels. Call today at 810-765-7968. For all your landscaping needs, it's Precision Care, LLC. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Welcome back, uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and Matt Graham from the uh, Port Huron Prowlers uh, joining us uh, on the uh, show today as we bring you the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck On Sports podcast. One day I envision a world where we actually have a weekly Prowler show. Yeah, that'd be awesome, for um, sure. And uh, and I think that that would be fun, uh, too. Oh, yeah. So we're always cool. looking to build and create more options. Yes, more content's always better. That, we think so. Yeah. It's the oh. industry of content, right? Plus, yeah. it keeps Brady out of trouble if I've just got him working all the time. What do you think I'm doing? Like, what do you think oh, I'm doing I don't doing have to think about what you're doing. I know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I'm not going to push you any further because I don't know what you're going to say next. <laughs> <laughs> so... My family listens to this podcast. Yes, they do. <laughs> Great people, which makes me wonder how you. Anyway, hockey. Jeez, <laughs> um, go ahead. Ask a question. There's a lot of character in that family. I don't know how he went astray. Oh, he's a character. <laughs> anyway. You okay over there? No. I like I'm, the lumberjack garb, what, by the, the, the way, The flannel? Today. You yeah, I haven't I haven't been a big flannel person until recently. He's got to go chop down uh, trees after this. Absolutely. I am going up to Christmas land though. Are up, you? Up to Bronner's today. You going to get some so. chicken? See, oh. you, you, that's he was supposed to go to Frankenmuth for the Marine City football. Still game. might. Hopefully in Still two well. weeks. Yeah. We're going to think positively about this stuff. Um and he was so excited not for the football game, which is going to be a great football game when it happens. It is. Yes. Like, it's going to be. What, the 14th or 15th? Yeah. Um, but he was more excited about, like, going and getting chicken <laughs> and looking at Christmas trees. So it's a good town. I've never been, so I don't know anything about that. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. It's what, an hour drive maybe? It's one of those places you've got to go to once. Just up in Frank. A lot of places like that, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Once is enough. Yeah. For me, a lot of people go there regularly. Brady. You know, yeah. I, I've actually never been there. So but if, if oh. you're going to live in Michigan for any length of time, it's a place you've got to go to at least once. Okay. Especially around Christmas time. And then you understand it when people talk about it, because they will. They do. Right. It happened today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I digress because I hadn't picked on Brady for an entire segment. And I had yeah, to. right? Like, God forbid I just get to do a podcast in peace. And it seems like every time, like <laughs> Stu on Monday, Matt today, everyone just piles on. Wasn't Stu great? Yes, he was very good. Stu was great. If you didn't hear that, that was Monday's edition. Uh, Port Huron High's basketball head coach and football and track and everything else. Coach Marion Stewart was he on. He just likes sports. Yes. He is just, a sports junkie. And a very smart guy, too. Did you play? You grew up. Here's something maybe you don't know about Matt Graham. He grew up in California, right? Yep. So you obviously did other things than hockey, which – boggles the mind too because i'm still in the stone age where there shouldn't be hockey in california right. but i know that it's a big booming thing now oh yeah it was uh it was huge growing up uh my uncle actually got me involved he bought me a pair of uh 
or actually a stick and a net, and I just started shooting around and stuff. But uh, I was a big, big into baseball growing up. My dad liked baseball, uh, big Cubs fan. And, uh, yeah, I uh, played baseball until high school, and then I uh, singled out and just stuck with hockey. But it was only baseball and hockey for the most part. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of – I know a lot of hockey guys are into golf. I, so I I played golf in college, and then in college I also played tennis because it was a uh, smaller school. So we uh, we had the availability or the, the ability to uh, hop on and like kind of learn the sports, being at, like being being athletic, you know, like being mm-hmm. able to come in and and learn. And by the by senior year, it was uh, we're decent players, I guess. Is that that helps though, doesn't it? Like it it equates to hockey and eye coordination stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, I would equate it more to baseball, I think, like tennis. But then right. uh, the running around and stuff is good for conditioning and whatnot, and especially not coming from a tennis background. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm traveling all over the court cause I'm not playing smart. You know, I don't know <laughs> positional stuff. I'm just like chasing the ball around, you know, not placing it anywhere. <laughs> so, well, wasn't it a, a couple of years ago at one point, the Prowlers had the, their, most of their players came from California. Was it like five or six guys? Uh, I know oh, I, there were, there were a, a ton there. I know it was when senior was here. Yeah, we had, so it was myself, uh, Brandon Parkhouse were actually from the same hometown and played on like teams together for before he retired like 10 years before that so wow. rancho cucamonga or something like yeah that. rancho cucamonga california yeah i love saying that it's yeah. a fun it's a great town name yeah oh for sure it's uh it's like 45 minutes from orange county la so it's uh it's a nice little suburb i guess you know but no it was uh us two and then uh i know dan chang i think was from california yep. uh we had uh, i don't remember the kid's name uh hong hong was from california um I don't know. I, there's probably a couple was more. Colton from California? Was he a California guy? I don't know. That guy's that guy's strange. He's a man of mystery. Yeah, he, he changed he, his name and all this he, stuff. He, so. he might have. Well, that that just uh, doubly ensures that I think he was from somewhere in California. <laughs> he's he's the Bobby Ryan story, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that team. That was the year you broke all the records and stuff, and then. The finals got moved to a Tuesday and Wednesday because someone got his team got sick. But anyway, yeah, like with that, it kind of felt like last year everyone – well, most of the team from last year, at least the core, was on that team. And it felt like last year was almost like the redemption. Like you, every, a lot of people wanted to – I don't want to say atone or make up for it, but they – Felt like there was unfinished business. I think there's a few of us that have been chasing that for a few years now. I mean that that year was senior is probably the most fun year of hockey I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the closest group of guys that I've ever played with. Um, but I think it, it, just speaking on that, I think this next year you'll see something very similar to that. Uh, we have a good core group of guys returning. Um, you know, I mean it's uh, there's just you know Joe Robo. Uh, Johnson's going to be back. He was on that team mm-hmm. a few years ago. Uh, you had Dave Nippard to the mix. Uh, all really good guys. Federally, uh, I'm not saying I'm a good guy, but myself, uh, <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's just it's you're going to see something very similar to that, I think. And uh, I think the the closeness and like uh, the way the guys hung out and like right, you know, off the ice played a lot into how well how well that team did. And, and you know, going back to that too as well, you know, it's just. It, I didn't think there was any way. Even when we were down, I think it was like, what, three games to one or two games to one? Two to one, yeah. Yeah, I thought there was no way we could lose that series. We just had that good of a team. And uh, I still haven't figured out today why we did. But Yeah, I, I look back on that because that was a year where, uh, you know, I was doing the games and mm-hmm. I didn't travel with the team. And I actually wish that I did because that would have been a fun year to do it. 
Um, but yeah, I, I still look back and scratch my head and go, how did that team beat us? Yeah. Because it, the, not that they were a bad team, they were a good team, but they, they weren't in a, they weren't, they weren't in the, in a league with the Prowlers. I think it just goes to show you that, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. Uh, there's teams that, you know, you don't think like, well, okay. NHL, for example, right. Best team in the regular season doesn't always win the, uh, the Stanley cup. And I think that like, that's just an atonement to that, you know, in the sense that, you know, we come out and, you know, in a five game series, anything can happen. And momentum's huge. Um, even though I, I didn't feel any shifts in momentum that year, I thought that, you know, we, we could come out and show up on any given night and it was just automatic. Like the, the entire right. team thought it was automatic. Like, Oh, we're just going to win. We're just going to win. And for like what? 20 something games there. That's what happened. What yeah. was what of like 45 of 46 or something that you uh, won? The, 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 the one, the one stretch and everybody debates it around the league. Uh, teams that are chasing the record always say it was a smaller number, but it was 35. Oh, and one yeah. for a 36 game stretch. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of the guys in the locker room didn't like it at the time, but I would just show up and, like, they would be like, all right, let's get ready for the game. And I was like, why? We don't need to get ready for the game. All we have to do is step on the ice, and we won this game. But that's just my sense of humor, and these guys are just like, you know, you had guys like Parkhouse being like, is this guy nuts? Like, what's wrong with him? There, there's well, a pattern or has been a pattern in the league that I think will stop this year. Or or if it continues, then we need to, to check and – Maybe there's robots playing in the league. Right. Okay. So it started with Danville. The they just they broke all the records, slaughtered everybody. They went like forty eight and whatever. And then the next year, Port Huron broke all the records that Danville had set. That we all set at the time. They were oh nobody will ever touch these. Wayne Gretzky's records. This, this this is a this is a just a crazy team and a crazy season. And then Port Huron did it, and then Carolina did it the next year, and they were kind of doing it again before. It wasn't the, as crazy. Well, no, it but that I they mean, played Battle Creek twelve times. I, in the I know, first but, 20 but when games. they called the season, what they have like four losses. Yeah, I think it was uh, it was still mathematically possible for us to catch them. Yeah, and we we're getting ready for a big weekend, they but had, we basically were... had to sweep the weekend, and then it was a chase. It would have been really interesting to see that weekend happen. I wish that you know they would have canceled the season on the Monday instead of that Friday. Um, I, they would have been in for a shock, I think. You would have seen us. I think we would have swept them, and I think it would have been a, a, a huge message sent to the entire league. Yeah, and, well, but, but my point being is that if we have a team – that, uh, you know, in the middle part of the season, they've only got one or two losses. Again, the way the league should be this year, like this should be the most competitive season where everybody's really good. Yeah, I think it'll be like kind of like the NHL in the sense that there'll be a lot of parity and any team can win on any given night. It's just a matter of who shows up. Um, yeah, like we'll see. I mean, it's uh, – who knows? Maybe we'll be that team this year, you know, well, that goes 40, 42 well, that, and all. That would be great. But, uh, again, we'll be drawing blood to make sure you guys are all human. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I don't no, – I, I, Seriously, it, it should be very competitive. And the team that wins it this year, just unless I'm hyping it up too much, the team that wins it this year will earn it. It won't be a cakewalk for anybody. Oh, 100%. And I've seen people online, I think like Bus League Hockey, saying like, oh, like – if if someone actually wins the league this year and they have a season, will it mean the same? And it's like 100%. It'd yeah. probably be even harder to win this season, you know? It's like, you know, the NHL players in the bubble. Like, yeah, like they went there and, like, they still had to compete and win this thing, you know? I mean, I think it's a little different when the season takes that long of a break. 
But if we play a complete season, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a solidified championship. For sure. I mean, it, there's a big difference. They're all on the same playing field. Yeah, there's a big difference when you're grinding out a season and you you hit that weekend. Guys have got the flu. Guys are banged up. They're playing, but they're injured. You know, and Battle Creek is on the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. This time, Which, there's no Battle Creek on yeah, the schedule. That's what I was gonna say. There's no Battle Creek. No offense to Menor. They were selling off all their good guys at the end of last year. Delaware was doing the same thing. There's not going to be a layup gimme this year. No, for sure. And, I mean, you know, it's you see teams every year selling guys off towards the end of the year because guys want to make playoff runs mm-hmm. or, you know, like they just want to be a part of a playoff team. And they, they deserve to, you know, because they've spent these year, like the entire year on these bad teams. But uh, this year you'll probably see a trade deadline pass where not too many moves are made. Uh, because of the sense that everyone's still going to be in the mix, I think it's going to be it's going to be very close, and uh, every team's going to be very competitive. Well, I mean, for sure. like you look, Mentor to start the year, they were a good team. They had maybe the best goalie in the league. They had one of the best goal scorers in the league, and then by January it was like, okay, they're not even competitive anymore. Yeah, I mean, we had a uh, we had a long rivalry with Mentor. I think I think they always played us tough. They were very close to us, mm-hmm. like distance wise. So they were probably our uh, most played opponent. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, there weren't very many, uh, give me games against them. I mean, maybe towards the end, there was a couple where it was like, oh, we, we should win these games. Mm-hmm. But, uh, every night when you played against them, you knew it was going to be a battle for sure. Yeah. I just, again, it is what it is. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm numb to it cause I've been around it for a long time. And I see that every year in every league that I've ever worked in and, and seen, watched games in there. There's always that team. Uh, and unfortunately, a couple of times it was poor. <laughs> that was yeah. that that first year. I know it's not pro hockey, but that first year of the Fighting Falcons. Oh, man. Was it seven wins? No, six. Oh. Six forty-six and six. We had one win at Christmas time. I see, and I don't think I've ever been a part of a team like that. We we <laughs> lost Good for you. Well, maybe in what, college, what, I guess. What but. was it? Fifteen in a row to start the season. So think about this: you're zero and fifteen to start the season. You are legitimately up in the booth. I'm legitimately up in the booth, going, "We have no chance to win this game tonight." Looking at the schedule, going, "I don't know where we're going to win a game this season. We're we're gonna we're gonna lose. We're gonna play sixty games, and we're gonna lose all sixty games. We're that bad." Who was the coach that year? Uh, well, it started out with a guy named Ernie Hickey. Um, who had played in the NHL in the 60s and 70s, and he still thought it was the 60s and 70s, and his practices had nothing to do with the way people practice hockey now. And then Bill Warren came in and took over the the team after New Year, and immediately the first thing he did was he took the three guys on the team who were actual legitimate hockey players, and he traded them to different teams in the league and got like eight – guys back for these three guys and we actually became competitive overnight okay and started playing better hockey and he started we started practicing like you're supposed to practice for how he wasn't just guys scrimmaging or you know right. throw a puck in the corner two guys go in and try to kill each other for the puck because that's how you win oh i've played for coaches like that <laughs> <laughs> i uh, i remember my first year of juniors when i was i think i was 16 playing for the bombers in uh, long beach we had this coach and we had this drill where what you did is like they had two guys in the corners and uh, they put one puck in the middle of the ice, like right in front of the net. 
And you'd have to go in there and hit each other and then try to win the battle. And it was just like. Yeah, that's what it was about. I was 16 years old going against 21-year-olds. I'm like, come on. And, <laughs> and their philosophy was, okay, at the end of the second period when we're down 7 to nothing tonight, I expect five fights in the first 10 minutes of the third period. At least they had the right mentality, I guess. You know? <laughs> I, I'd say that hasn't changed. That's uh, I'll, the, the real embarrassing thing is Chicago won nine games that year, um, and they – beat us in a game 13 to 3. Yikes. Before New Year probably. It was it was our home opener. Oh yikes. First game the of the franchise. Op- not the first game of the franchise. Oh, first the home game. First home game in the franchise cuz the we started the season in Minnesota in the tournament. We lost all four games there. And then I think we played a couple of road games the first weekend. And so we were we were already like 0 and 6 before we hit the ice in the first home game and it's still big crowd. People are interested. They want to see what it's all about. Thirteen to three to a team that, uh, for a while, that was their only win. Like for the first two months of the season, that was their only win until they played us again. <laughs> That's not a good omen at all. Huh? I, I'd actually like to see a junior team come back here. I think they should. Uh, they should, could have the professional team and a junior team. What, here like as well. the Danbury situation? Yeah, something similar to that. I think that would be uh, that'd be interesting. It'd be good for uh, youth hockey in the area for sure, too. You know. Uh, I it was a good program. Again, the problem is, and what you find when you get to the lower levels was was ownership. Lady lived out in California, and she wasn't all there. <laughs> she was the finances. No, no offense, but right. she wasn't. She wasn't all there. We're, we'll take a break, and then maybe we can pick up on this uh, in uh, just a second. Matt Graham uh, is our guest today on the podcast with Dennison Brady, and we'll be right back. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-87. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. 
Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. TB Logos in Marysville has the area's largest selection of in-stock school spirit wear, corporate wear, and construction company gear. They do custom embroidery and custom screen printing and are the fastest growing uniform sublimation company in Michigan. Visit tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. They're open weekdays 830 to 430 or by appointment. Don't wait weeks for your gear. TP Logos will have it in days. Located across from Walt Braun Viking Stadium in Marysville. Preferred Charters is a privately owned and operated transportation service located in Michigan for the past 13 years. Well known for customer service and well-maintained equipment. From sightseeing tours to conventions, corporate transfers, sports teams, parades, sporting events, and private charters, Preferred Charters has the wheels and wherewithal to ensure the smoothest ride with drivers that are the best in the business. Call 810-982-7433 and let Preferred Charters do the driving. For full-service residential and commercial network installation and management, you need Andrew Thompson at Thompson Engineering. Thompson Engineering will install and maintain long and short-range point-to-point links, install security cameras, access controls, and provide audio-video engineering. Visit online at thompson-engineering.com or call them at 810-221-1667. That's 810-221-1667. Thompson Engineering, network and radio solutions that work. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Welcome back. It's uh, the Get Stuck on Sports podcast brought to you by Tri-County Equipment. Uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Matt Graham from Port Huron Prowlers uh, is uh, with us. And uh, I don't know if uh, how many people know. You should know by now. What? that? Uh, I mean, like if you've been around our website – and you've actually read the bios. Mm-hmm. Um, Brady did games for the Prowlers last year. Yeah. Um, I actually, I've done games for every hockey team that's been here mm-hmm. since the 90s because yes. I'm old. So basically every team not not, I'm good, it's not I'm named the original flags yeah. or the wings. Sounds to me like all roads lead through Port Huron. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Brady it, it could have been a part of lore. Could have been a part of lore. But he didn't go with the team that weekend. Oh, I know what you're Bra- talking about. Bra- uh, Brady had a partner, Jeremy Skiba, also uh, worked the booth. And it was Jeremy's weekend to go down to Georgia with the team. And, uh, I mean, literally, your goalies were dropping like flies. What, like, f- you lost three guys that weekend and then had to bring in Kelly Curl yeah. to play. Um, and that was one of the wildest games i've ever seen in in my life the, the final score was like 11 to 10 or something like you that. know if we had if, i think if we had a goalie that could have made uh, one or two saves i mean not saying not, nothing against kelly but i mean if we had a goalie that had been playing hockey or any any goalie in this league i think we end up winning that game which by know? the way the radio broadcast for that was the best because that was the one from the bench, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So that's that was my point. Is yeah. Jeremy actually dressed up as a backup goalie for one of the games, and then brought the equipment down to the bench and broadcasted in goalie gear the play-by-play from the bench. Oh yeah, it was like a like a unfiltered thing, you know. It I was mean, amazing. Uh, I I don't think I've listened to the whole thing. I've listened to part of it, but uh, it, yeah, it was it was crazy. It got uh, it got. Uh, Attention from TSN, ESPN, NBC Sports, the, everything like the that. The numbers we did on that game were like 10 times better than 
anything we did the rest of the year. Yeah, huge spike. Yes, it was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Because people want to know what's yeah. going on. Yes, because I just remember I was back in Marysville. It was, you know, it was my weekend off. I was sitting, I think, at a just, I don't know, a restaurant or a bar or something with a couple buddies, and I go, no effing way, when, when Jeremy's texting me. I'm like, and I tell him the situation as it's happening, and yeah, it, I could have been a second-generation professional goalie. Yeah. It, it actually Brady, Brady's dad was a goalie. Was it? Drafted yes. by the Montreal Canadiens. Why aren't you playing for us? What's going on? Because I, I didn't like to skate when I was seven. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> I was a basketball guy and was better at football. Makes sense. <laughs> no, but all, all that materialized actually very fast. It was crazy the way it happened. I mean, we uh, I think we lose Pauly to a concussion. I think uh, – I don't know if Slimer was here at that No, time. you brought Santa Gita down. He was Santa Gita, oh, and he got like a concussion. It was, it was Santa, oh, it was Ville, 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 yeah. Ville, Pauly, He blew out his Santa. knee or something. Uh, so, yeah, Pauly got a concussion in the first game. Uh, Santa got a concussion in warm-ups of the second game, I think. And uh, Ville was playing on a torn MCL. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was a mess to be honest. And then, uh, you know, that day we're, we're scrambling to try to find a goalie. We get Kelly to drive down and, uh, you know, some, or bus league hockey actually tweets like they should have the guy broadcast from the bench. Yes. And of course, Joe Pace being Joe Pace goes done yes. making it happen for sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then, uh, it was on Jeremy to find all the outlets and the plugs and, uh, make it happen. And, uh, yeah, you got to wear a costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, that, that's the part of it that I wish I could have seen. Because, you know, Jeremy doesn't look like a goalie. No. No. He, it was <laughs> and all, I would have loved to have seen him in goalie gear because there's well, no way he got him stuff Here's the thing. Well, no, because it he was Billy's stuff. So, Billy I mean, was his size. Similar size, I'd say. I mean, like, it was probably loose on him. I mean, uh, Billy's a little bigger than he is. You know, Jer- <laughs> well, Jeremy's kind of skinny. It would have been the guy. opposite if I was down there. It would have been stuff that was way too small for me. Yeah, I don't know what would have looked worse, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> there would have been a lot of unprotected areas. No, but uh, it, it was funny, though, because, like, uh, you see Jeremy step on the ice, and uh, he just, like, stands stiff-legged and coasts to the bench and then sits there and stretches the whole time, and, uh, you know, we don't get any other shots or anything like that, and then someone pushes him down to the net for last puck, and we're like, we're taking last puck on you. He's like, just don't hit me with the puck. Just don't hit me with the puck. And uh, <laughs> I think one shot goes in, and that was about it. Oh, that's funny. Because, yeah. uh, again, I've been there. Uh, not where I dress, but I remember we uh, in Lake Charles mm-hmm. in the old Western Professional Hockey League. Uh, we went to Bozier Shreveport, and the league rule was you had to have two guys dressed. We only had one goalie, um, and we took the Zamboni driver. And uh, Terry was like fifty-six years old. He had worked for the Minnesota North Stars okay. at the old Met Center, and now you know he married a girl, and they moved down. To Lake Charles, and just for something to do, he drove the Zamboni at the rink for the the hockey team, and we're like, "Come on, Terry, you'll fit into this." And he couldn't skate. Yeah, and so like during warmups, he just leaned against the boards in the corner, and he had to like kind of use the boards to get to the bench. And it had something happened to the, our actual goalie, one of our defensemen would have dressed and played goal, but the rule said you got to have somebody in uniform on the bench. And so that's what he did. He put the stuff on and sat on the bench. You know, and I think that's like an older rule, too. I think it's uh, more for image, I would say. You know, I mean, it's uh, probably back in the day, it looks better to the fans to have uh, two goalies on the bench. But nowadays, with all social media and, like, the access everyone has, especially in minor league sports to these teams, and even in the NHL with that, uh, the Maple Leaf or the yeah, Carolina yeah. Hurricanes guy, you know, um, the access they have, like, they're not being fooled anymore. They right. know what's going on. They know who's in, like, who's dressed from all the beat reporters and stuff. I mean, it's uh, 
it's more of an image thing, I think, you know? Yeah. It yeah. just yeah, it just looks better cuz I can remember North Shore when they were in the league coming in sometimes and you know, they got like four guys on the bench. They don't have another goalie. Yeah. It it, it, it looks bad. Well, my dad got called out of the stands at a Border Cats game yep. to go dress. Yep. They over the PA asked him to report to the locker room to go dress for the Border Cats cuz he cause as a goalie. So, yeah. But the it's, difference it's, it's, was is he could play. He could go yeah, in and he play was and like, he actually did something. He was like a yeah. he was like Five years out. I mean, he had played professional hockey. Like he was out just out of college. So it, he, no, it wasn't a fifty-four-year-old Samboni driver, however old. You know what would have been interesting is uh, you know had uh, had we pulled uh, had Kelly getting hurt or gotten hurt or something like that. I think Joe would have been the one to play goalie. Um, he's the only one crazy enough to strap the pads on and go stand in front of the puck. And uh, <laughs> he actually did it at a practice a few weeks later. And like, I mean, like. He's not any good, but you know, like he's uh, he's athletic enough to get in the way sometimes. So yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah. and that was a possibility because Kelly really hadn't been playing. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's well, he, oh, he's, that's when a guy's going to get hurt when he's just thrown to the wolves like that. And there was like seven hundred shots that game between the two teams. Right. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it was as close as it was, but uh, yeah, Kelly was actually the broadcaster for the Carolina Thunderbirds at the time. So I mean, we had two broadcasters dressed in goalie gear. <laughs> Which just know. for the record, I could have skated, and a puck might have hit me if I had to stand in between. It would have been like Joe. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I like I would I would have filled up enough space. That someone would have missed their mark and accidentally hit me in the chest. Yeah. As a as a kid, my first position actually was goalie. But I'm telling you what, if it were me, I'm all laying every shot. Right. <laughs> you know, I because nowadays guys can shoot the puck hard. It's ridiculous. The sticks are not right, and and like uh, we 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 te- tease Dalton Jay all the time for hitting the glass, but it's probably good that some of those hit the glass and not the goalie. Well, he, that's because he shoots with a 120 flex yeah. stick. You yeah. know, he's got he's got to put his body weight into yeah. it. Well, I'm not getting in front of that. What did no. you call him? 92 shoots right, right off the glass. Yeah. Right off the glass. Yeah. 92 shoots right off the glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've played goalie one time. I played a goalie in a roller hockey tournament, and uh, yeah, it's scary. You don't want to get in the way of those pucks. I think I was trying to get out of the way. <laughs> Thought it was a good idea, and afterwards, I was like, never again. Like when guys tried to dress up as goalie at practice and stuff, when we're just screwing around out there, I'm like, yeah, not me. I don't want to do that. Did you play a lot of roller hockey? Uh, I actually played ice hockey first, and then I started playing roller hockey in junior high for the junior high team. So uh, I played junior high roller hockey and high school roller hockey. And uh, actually, I play. I've been playing every Sunday down in Flint with uh, Paul Arnott and uh, Stoya goes down there. Dalton Jay goes down there. Federley goes down there sometimes. So yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I like it. Okay, well, would you have been in like if they would have asked you to play? For the roller hockey team the, here? The Yeti. Yeah, why Yeti. not? I mean, it's uh, it, it's something I grew up doing. It's something I enjoy. I mean, I think it's uh, – it, my thing is I, I don't I don't play roller hockey like roller hockey. I play roller hockey like ice hockey. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not curling back all the time. I'm, like, trying to drive the net and stuff like that. But, uh, it, it, I don't know, it used to be effective, so. <laughs> so, there did some recruiting there for uh, for, for, for Bill. Yeah, yeah, and right. Bill. Yep. But, no, it's <laughs> – no, uh, well, before, I meant to ask this last segment. We'll actually talk about the Prowlers for a minute. Um, last year, I was disappointed with the playoffs. I thought it was going to be the most fun playoffs the league's ever seen. You are going to have Carolina-Columbus in the first round, which was just going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. Like, you, you're going to have guys coming out of that battered, bruised. You're going to have, uh, in the likely the conference finals or the divisional finals, whatever you want to call it, would have been Port Huron, Carolina, 
Elmira Danbury. But we would have played, what, Danville in the first round. Yes. And, yes, we would have beaten Danville. It's a bye. But it's <laughs> – but it's still be there's still that rivalry. Well, and it seemed and, like Fred Hines you know, single handedly beat us twice. Well, yeah. I mean, their their goalie would have kept games respectable, and yeah, it just would have been a mean series. Like it would have been two games, but two mean games. Yeah, I I, I mean, I don't think it would have been the Danville series from uh, like when we go back to that season three years ago, where it was like which even then they took to overtime the first game in yeah, Danville. Yeah, that was. I mean that. I didn't think that series was as tough. I thought this series would have probably been a little easier than that, I would say. Like, just, you know, off judge, like judging-wise, I guess. But, yeah, it would have been interesting. It would have been interesting to see what came out of that Columbus-Carolina series and then what was left over when we had to play whoever won that series. And even the, the East, who was going to – It was going to be, what, Watertown, Elmira, and Danbury, uh, Delaware, or Menor. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever – So, Danbury, whoever Danbury had a bye, less. but that other series would have been – Interesting because big rivals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and that's the thing, though, too, is I think Watertown uh, made some changes at the end. I think Elmira probably would have ended up taking that, and it would have been Danbury and Elmira in the finals of that side. So, uh, yeah, And that would have been a good series that would have been a hard win for whoever came out of that would be beaten up. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be Elmira that came out of the, the East. And then, I mean, it was going to be a tough series, and then it was going to be a toss-up. I thought between – I thought Carolina, Port Huron would have been the de facto finals. Yeah. In my well, opinion. I don't know. I mean, like, I I myself personally, I would see Danbury coming out of that series. I think mm. Elmira's just not as deep as they are. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, it would have been Danbury in the finals. And then I, I got to say us, obviously, with the team we had. You know, I think that uh, that first-round series for Columbus and Carolina really would have had an effect on uh, what was left over for us to play. And I think, you know, we had the team – even if they were fully healthy, to uh, to end up beating them, you know, maybe three games or maybe maybe a sweep. I don't know. It's a perception thing, though. Like I'm just thinking about who covers the league hard, mm. and it's mostly guys that are in the South, and they do a great job. Like Bus League does a great job, I think, covering the the league. Mm-hmm. But like, if Carolina wins the series, everybody's going to pick them in the finals against Danbury. Yeah. If Port Huron wins the series, they're all picking Danbury. Yeah, I, well, and we might have been the the best team of the three. Yeah, and I think the only time we matched up against it, well, we would have played them one more time at the end of the season. Um, but the only time we played them, we beat them twice in overtime. I think the first two games of the mm-hmm. season. So, yeah, it would it would have been a tough series for sure. I think that uh, I think we would have matched up well against Danbury. I think that's a that's a series that ends up going five games, probably four or five for sure. Well, and there was a buzz I think around the area, and I just think it would have been a really fun th- what was what three week ride in April. And I'm very – I'm still salty that that got taken away because I was looking forward to it. It was going to be a fun time. And I think the fans were ready to embrace a playoff run. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that you almost take steps back now, I feel like, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, you lost that season and, like, everything that's going on. Um, but at the same time, I think that, you know, it's it, – I, I don't know. I mean, uh, hopefully, hopefully they, uh, hopefully they come back when they can. So, okay. Before we wrap it up, and I don't even know if you have answers to these questions. Okay. But the projected start for you guys is January fifteenth. Yep. Um, tickets? Can people buy season tickets yet, or are we still waiting on that? So as of now, we have not released season tickets. We don't know what the capacity is going to be at the games. 
Um, if it's uh, under 200 people or 500 people, we might not even do season tickets. We might do something in the sense of like, you know, sign up for a uh, first access pass. Uh, and uh, that gives you first dibs at these games. Because, I mean, ideally, I mean, if we're under 1,000, ideally we're selling max capacity tickets that right. night, that night, right, uh, with social distancing or whatever uh, guidelines are involved. Um, so, no, we, we haven't made a decision on season tickets. I think that, you know, everything changes every day, and, mm-hmm. like, no one knows what next week is going to bring. I mean, I've been saying for weeks now or for months now that, yeah, yeah, in a week or two we'll be good. Yeah, yeah, in a week or two we'll be good, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it, it's there's been no decision made on that. I know that we will be honoring all of uh, all of the games lost last season. Uh, so those people will be taken care of first, for sure. All right. Well, and how, how do you like the changes to the rink? I like it a lot. I mean, it uh, it really modernizes it. Uh, I think it's a good step in the right direction. I think they could do a couple new things. Uh, you know, probably a lot of these teams in the league and a lot of European teams have put video boards in and stuff, and I think that's probably something that happens next. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I really like it. I'm not a traditionalist. I uh, I like new things. You know, I think new is, the, new is normally better. The wood seats did have a look to them and that old-school barn-type feel, but you go in there with the new lights and the new seats and you just go, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, like it, Dwayne's been messing around on the lights. I think he's the only expert at the arena, so he's going to have to be there all the time doing that. Uh, but no, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. I like what they can do with it. They can make it, uh, it's essentially the same thing they have at little Caesars. It's just different. And one more question. You have teams from Georgia, North Carolina, Illinois, New York, Connecticut. How hard is it to kind of make sure you're all on the same level playing field in terms of attendance? Because certain teams like Columbus has a much bigger rink than a team like Danville that you can get more people in and, how certain states have stricter guidelines than others. How hard is that to get a season started and getting everyone coordinated? Uh, see, I don't think it's going to be based off uh, – it's going to be all based off local guidelines. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, you can't do a uh, – who was who doing it? I think the NFL, they uh, they had some places where they can have fans, and there's right. other places where they can have a percentage of fans. And I think we're going to have to operate the same way. And I think that you know there's going to have to be a point where a decision is made on uh, who's playing and who's not playing. And I think if you're in – you're in, even if you have zero fans, if you get shut down for a week or two, uh, that's what happens. You know, I mean, uh, you just got to live and die by the sword, essentially. And I, I know for a while there we were at 25% or I think it was 500. Um, and I, I expect us to go back to that. I mean, I think that's a good baseline. And I know we've talked to Barry, uh, Joe and myself have, and uh, he's he's in. He, he wants to play this season. Uh, you know, I think uh, we just kind of have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I think it's going to be a crazy winter. Yes. Um, and, and even crazy into the spring. Um, but I think eventually we're going to get back to some normalcy here. I think by next hockey season, 100%. We'll, they're we'll saying be, we'll be back where, well, I mean, where we're. I, I saw something the other day saying that uh, by the end of July, they could see full stadiums again. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I, I this is just my opinion. It may not be right. It may not be. It may be, it may be right. But I think that as soon as they release this vaccine, I think what they're going to start to do is like you're going to have a baseline, and it may, maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 20%, but I don't see them rolling back from there once people have the ability to get vaccinated. You yeah. know, so I mean, like if that's what it is moving forward, I think that you know, like we can operate and we can play a Which, season like what, that. What? There's three different vaccines. Well, now and that based on the uh, all the information that I've been reading about and watching on the the various different uh, media outlets, they're thinking that by April, May. 
everybody will at least have access to it. And that's like, all you need. Like it'll it'll start with certain groups, like the frontline healthcare workers, ICU. But by the time, um, like by the time we get into the the spring, a guy like you, Brady. Will be able to get it. You'll and be one of the, You'll I'm, be in the last group. I'm in the bottom of the totem pole. But you'll yeah. be able to get it by then, and that's not really that far off, right? They almost need to start issuing like bracelets or something like that. You know, like oh, like I've had the, I've had it, or I've been vaccinated, and guess what? I can live my life like normal and go there. So maybe the first half first half of the season, we just uh, we only have healthcare workers and frontline workers going. You know, <laughs> that's well, great. You can have. Frontline workers night. Yeah, right. Exactly. Or what, well, what if we're like, oh, you know, like our minimum or maximum capacity is 20%, but if you're a frontline worker, you can go over that. You know what I mean? So 20% of like the regular population. <laughs> but anyway, hope there's a hockey season. There's going to be a lot of good hockey in the Fed, and a lot of it's going to come out of McMoran Arena. And I fully expect to be talking about contending for another championship. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, Joe and myself are going to put a, uh, a very good product on the ice, and uh, we're excited to get started for sure. And I'm going to let you guys have the last word. See how I did that? I oh, actually yeah. got the last word. <laughs> From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.